Podeskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. Welcome, everybody, to the Pot of Skew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. What's up, man? Let's memorialize this motherfucker. The ultimate motherfucker. The, my, yeah, my motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I, all right. Well, you guys knew this was coming, uh, so... This episode is going to be a, definitely a more lighthearted, not as depressing version of what Nancy with the Laughing Face was. This is this is uh, us eulogizing my father, who did pass away on August 9th at you 3 a.m. I, I would even say, though, even the, the, the Nancy memorials that we did, you know... Um, you know, well, obviously, sad moments, no, no question. Uh, I, th- I think we handled with a, a lightheartedness. Like it was not like all tears and sadness throughout the. Well, it, no. in my in my POV, it was definitely bitterness. It oh, was well, very no, for much sure. A, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in a much different mindset. Uh, yeah. yeah, now yeah, yeah. than I yeah. was then. Um, although it is really fucking weird. Like, huh. They're both gone, and it was like within two years of each other, and that's that's really fucking batshit to me. I, I I I'm gonna ask you what maybe an impossible question. So if you say you can't answer it, then that's what it is. But had it happened in reverse order, do you think it would be any different? I think it would have probably been worse, to be perfectly honest, because okay. it would have been like, you know, you expect your father to die when he's eighty fuck years old, <laughs> right? So you and and you know he's been talking about it forever. So when he, if that was the situation when he passed first, my mom would have been there. My mom would have been right. able to help me through that, right? And and would have been all hunky fucking dory. And then if if Nancy had just done, you know, happened how it happened, just basically dropped fucking dead, then I think I would have been like, this is the fucking worst. Like, not for nothing. At least when mom died, I had my dad he didn't really fucking he no, wasn't I, as supportive as he could have been no but I, I i will give him that there were moments that i remember him like stepping up through that not not consistently but like there were these spot yeah, moments of the, him dad be, dad i mean i don't mean to speak super ill of the dead in this case both of them but he uh I mean, unfortunately, it is wrong, <laughs> yeah, it is wrong. i mean there i mean honestly there were times where he didn't he, he kind of brushed it off like, well, you know, my mom died. And I'm like, yeah, you, your mom died when you were 50, dude. Like, this is not the same situation. Just because you it had... was before the turn of the century doesn't make it OK. Like, let's be <laughs> <laughs> right. I... And we're not talking the 21st century. We're talking the 20th century here. Like, let's right. <laughs> I mean, she died, I think. God, it must have been late 80s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All jokes aside. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. So like, and 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 the relationship between 
Mary and Ron was very different. Mary was my grandmother I, for just yeah, context yeah. sake. Yeah. Whereas like Nancy and I were trying to work our shit out. And that's that's what's most frustrating. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of frustration with Nancy's death, but like Nancy and I were really trying to like get to a point where we're cool and right, right. And, and have closure. And I didn't get that closure. I got a lot of closure with dad, but you know, I just, all right. So let me just start. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Whole thing. So no, no, it's fine. It was a good question. I never even thought of it. Um, I didn't think of it till you were kind of bringing up the fact that it, I mean, I'm aware that it happened because I've been here for both, but like, right, right. You know, but it, 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 until you said it, it didn't occur to me that like, what if it had been the other way around, you know? So I, and I, and I do believe it would have been worse in my opinion, I, but I don't know. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to fucking find out. Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> either, you know, like, let's not like get the DeLorean and go back and see if we can reverse the shit, you know, like that's, you know, I, I will say that. When mom died, I was not in a good place mentally to help take care of Ron when he needed it. And I gritted my teeth and did a lot when I was not resenting him, but resenting the situation. So, and I, I mean, I, I try not to take anything out on him, but like sure. he also took things out on me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ron and I did not have a perfect relationship. We used to. We, we, you know, he was my first hero as most sons and fathers tend to yeah. be. Yeah. We, we, we've heard you talk about Ron in the past, like when you were young, much, much younger, you know what I mean? Like growing up and, and you have had, I, I, we have record of you saying nothing but positive things about him when you were young, much younger in, in yeah. life, you know, and it seems whether it's, you know, he became curmudgeonly or, or whatever. I had the air of rebelliousness. It was or whatever. It was something, a combination of everything. Yeah, something something flipped and it changed. Well, Dad was my biggest ally when I was little, largely because he had to be because my mom was not there right all the time, and that's not a stab at her. It's just it no, is what you, it was. She was you, yeah. You talked about that on one of the episodes about her that we did. So yeah. Um, but when I was pretty fucking sick with, with like my migraines and the doctors didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. I didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. Dad basically had to be a, you know, a, a stay at home parent and it helped because he was more or less semi-retired. A lot of his income was coming through, uh, renters and tenants. Mm. Um, and he was pretty financially well, uh, set off. Uh, because he had made smart investing, you know, uh, and, and he, a lot of people accuse me of, of faking my migraines because you can't really prove a migraine. You know, you basically just have to kind of trust somebody at their word. I like, mean, Oh, your head hurts. You can do brain scans, but I, your point you is can. overall, like on a day to day basis, it's hard. Like just, yeah, I woke up with a migraine today. Really? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like oh, did you have a math test? You're really just trying to get out of that, and it was frustrating because every day I was missing school, I was missing out on not only education but making friends, yeah, and asking girls out and just having that social experience, and and even just structure. I mean, good or bad, school helps provide structure. 
that's yeah, it's kind of why I'm I'm quasi against homeschooling. Like I'm not judging against anyone that does because we know people that do it, and I'm not. I saying, was yeah, right. Well, you were you were because of a a medical thing. I'm talking about. Right. I know people that just don't want their kids in that environment, and like I think that's not great for the children. But that's just a me thing. I'm not judging them. I really don't. That's just like my opinion. But you know, yeah, and and I think it depends on the situ- situation. Oh, for Mine, sure, for sure. Mine definitely because it was like. You miss one day of math in high school, you're fucking, okay, well, now you got to catch up. I was missing weeks, if right. not months of this shit. Right, right, right. And dad, good or bad, how he and I treat each other towards the end of his life, he was there for me. And I've always appreciated that, but he also was wrong. And he said some pretty hurtful shit my whole life. Uh, and I mean my whole life. Uh, but, you know... I said some pretty hurtful shit back to him. And one of the problems was that he raised me with always question authority. You don't have to automatically say yes or do what you're told. So being that ingrained in my fucking mind, my, the first person I'm going to rebel against is your father. You know what I mean? Like, and, and dad was kind of that do as I say, not as I do type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he also was like, you have the right to say no. But so when I would push back, he would push right back. So it was very much like, I'm doing what you told me to fucking do motherfucker. And now, but I don't want to do what you're telling me to fucking like, it's yeah. very complicated, but it's such a DiGiorgio thing <laughs> because I mean, and I tell you, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday with, some DeGeorgias and DeGeorgios. Um, and one of them is, was my cousin and she, she has that DeGeorgio flair of rebelliousness. Mm. And we were even like kind of deciphering like the DeGeorgio gene, so to speak. <laughs> okay. We were all sitting around and we're, and, and dad like had this affinity to like, kind of not look for trouble, but, and not be an adrenaline junkie, but just kind of like he can't help himself by put himself in dangerous situations. Well, it I wasn't mean, like it wasn't like he was like, I'm going to go and like ride my bike in fucking mountains like adrenaline junkies do. He, I was told that he and his friends and his brother, they would run across the street after waiting till the last second for a car to drive by so they could just barely miss the car. Uh, and my response was, how fucking boring was Massachusetts in 1948? Pro- I guess it's as boring as New Jersey because we did that shit. I did that shit oh as my. a kid. So, I mean, that, I, I, that is Jesus Christ. Pick up a Game Boy. Pick up a book. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, um, but I mean, yeah, also the story. I mean, we we have some of the stories with the, the, that we did on the PB&J's episode. I mean, like. Yep. I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's danger in the, in the true definition of the word. But throwing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at a cop is pretty fucking dangerous. You like, didn't throw it; it well, slipped. Oh sure. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, but uh, you know, <coughs> I and, told and, that story yesterday. And and he and there were stories he told about like didn't he kick in someone's door or some shit like that was another story that's, you told that's, that's, that's the same well it's all story. part of the same story but it's two different sections of the same 
Well, it's it's why the cops were called in the right, first place. Right, right, right. He kicked the guy's. That's how it's. That's how it starts. He kicked in a fucking guy's screen door. Yeah. And the, and I don't know if I said it on the episode, but I I. I the guy, the the neighbor was named Ted Williams. Oh no, you did tell it. I remember. Okay, yeah, 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 I thought that yeah. was the funniest fucking thing. It's like, yeah, fuck you, Ted Williams. You're not the real Ted Williams. That, no, I, and I think that's exactly what you said when you told yeah. us. Yeah. So, Dad, I I mean, I think I've told you, but I don't remember if I've ever told this on a recording. But Dad, like, Dad started aging pretty hard the last fifteen years. He still looked good, but he a fucking tractor rolled over him. I Do you not you, know the story? I think, no, I think you did. T- I think you told me. I'm sure we haven't told the audience, though. Yeah. So, Dad we, was at the land, and luckily he was not alone. He had a couple workers up there. And Dad was on this goddamn tractor, and it started to tip. And he was straddling it, so one leg is on one side, the other is on the other. So he's, you know, like like a horseback kind of sitting motion, not just sitting in a chair. And the damn thing started to tip. He's trying to jump off, but his leg is, you know, over the fucking thing. And it slams him into the ground. And as it rolled over him, it more or less almost severed off his right ear. Like he had a big, long scar on the side of his face, right where the ear is like connecting to his, uh, to his head. Yeah. And his left and his left shoulder was not only dislocated, but basically destroyed. And he cracked a couple ribs in the process. And of course, Ron was left-handed, so he was especially pissed. This damn thing rolled over him, and he fucking got up after it spun back onto its wheels and kept going. The engine was on. It was it was going to keep going up this hill, which was going to eventually go down a hill, so he got up, arm basically dangling to his fucking toes, and he chased after it and turned off the ignition. I mean, he was definitely in shock in that moment. Sure. And then he basically collapsed. I wasn't there, but this is all I, what I heard. And one of the workers there was a neighbor who, well, is a neighbor. He's still alive. Um, at the time was sort of the head of the volunteer fire department that we have up there. Um, we have a fire station, fire truck up the hill. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bizarre thing to like, you're driving in the middle of nowhere and you see like woods and hills and vast open areas. And there's just this fire station just like to the left. I mean, it's, it, it's bizarre to explain, but it makes the most sense because there was a big fire in 78. Um, it was a big so fire got, last year. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, but this one in 78 wiped out dad's property oh like so originally dad had gotten he had bought the land in the late 60s and had an original like old barn that was his original uh land home and this fire in 78 like destroyed everything so the house that's up there now is is a new build from like 79 to 80 it took a while Mm. um so the guy who ran the fire the fire department was there and he had his walkie-talkie. I mean, they flew a fucking helicopter onto the property to get dad to the hospital ASAP. And every you know, they they you know fucking hammered steel into his shoulder and and gradually he aged a little bit. Like his he always had like black hair. A week after this happened, he had like gray hair. 
It was really, really, really quick. And he was okay. And, but periodically he would complain about his hip and his back, his shoulder, not as much as you would think. They told him that he would be lucky if he had like 60% mobility and dad just like really pushed hard to get back to like 85. Nice. So he, so he was like doing pull-ups and he said the strength was not fully there, obviously, but he, it was better than what they expected. Right. Right. And then he fell off a ladder. Oh, well, if you're, you're talking about the one that I, you're talking about the one like three yep. years ago, two years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, it was three years ago because yeah. it was like right before Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that I remember. Yeah. Yeah, so he broke his foot. He was on a ladder when he shouldn't have been. And he wasn't like he was really going up on a roof to do any fucking work. He was going up there to see what work was not being done to his specifications by the worker he hired, basically. And I guess he slipped and his leg got caught in the ladder. So it's not like he just fell and was old and broke his leg. He like got it twisted in the ladder and it destroyed itself because I guess his legs and bones were more brittle. And his, his basically his, his, uh, his leg, I don't know which bone it is, but his bone went into the knee. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember killed that. the knee yeah. basically. And this motherfucker like didn't go to the hospital until like, the next day. I thought it was late. I thought it was like a week or some craziness. No, like, no, 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 no. It was the next day. But I and I went over there that day. It was my I could tell you the fucking day. It was August twenty sixth. Oh, because it was my anniversary with Steph. Who was our? I wonder what day second... that is. That's that's a day. That's important. Of what is that? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I I I won yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was our anniversary. Steph and I were in Santa Cruz, and. Joel and Alex Bull, like Alex, I think hit me up and said, dad had an accident. He fell off a ladder. Could you check on him? I was like, sure. I'll see you there. He's like, no, I won't be there. I, 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 I'm not in town. So I was like, all right. So drove to check on him. And dad was laying on the couch, leg up pillows and all. I remember this. Yeah. But tell the audience. Yeah. And he fucking had like a bottle of tequila next to him, um, a bunch of weed and a Vicodin. And he was just like doing everything to numb everything. And I looked at his knee and it was like a fucking softball purple. Like it was not pretty. And I was like, dad, you are being unnaturally stupid right now. <laughs> Like, and I said, does it hurt? He's like, yeah, it hurts. And I touched it. He's like, ah, why did you do that? I'm like, to prove a point, dude, you got to go to the doctor. Like, you don't know if you have blood clots. You don't know how bad the break is. You don't know if it's just a bad sprain. Right, like, right. Just, you know, you need to fucking know. And he refused. And, you know, even in a situation like this, like I had, I just kind of like had to accept dad telling me, my dad telling me no. I won't do this. And I was trying to get Joel and Alex to wrangle with me. And they're like, well, it's dad's decision. I'm like, you guys, if you were here, you would know this is not, this should not be his decision. We have to overrule him on this one. But I was, I relented and I left. And then the next day his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend came by to visit and say hello. And she's like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm not your kids. You don't, you can't tell me what to do. 
And she called nine one. She, you'd love her, dude. She's a fucking, she's a Jewish lady from fucking Philly. Oh really? I don't think she. Yeah. Knew, I knew she was from Philly. I, I think I think you had told me the Jewish part before. Well, she's she's. I mean, just like you, she says she's from Philly, and she also says she's from Jersey. So it's it. You guys marry very well, maybe in the same area. I don't. I don't know where. I, yeah, I don't know where she is, but she's somewhere. In so she, your she's area. actually out here now, and she'd been out in California. Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, was, okay. She she was born, raised out there. No, no. But I'm saying California. she was. She's still here now. She had come out to visit, or she's living out there now. No, no. She was living. She was living in California when this happened, and then I guess I honestly joke, but it wouldn't be surprised me. I think the whole experience with Ron made her move back to Jersey. She's like, "Fuck this." I. Why do you think I left? Ah, well, you lived there. <laughs> you you didn't have a choice. <laughs> well, you weren't you weren't moving in with us this time. Why? Everyone else seems to. Uh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so that was hard because now, I mean, at least with Dad's shoulder, he could move around. But now he was like, he lot he he couldn't walk very well, and he had a va- he had a really bad experience at a rehab center mm. that that like basically Kaiser sent him to, we didn't get a say. It was just like, this is where you're going. Yeah. I hate when they do that, but I know what you're talking about. Luckily it was close by. It was like 20 minutes away from here. Um, and we checked on him every day, but at one point I went to this rehab to check on dad and dad was like in the bed for like three days and they didn't like, they didn't clean him. They didn't feed him properly. I mean, they fed him the bullshit they call food. So like every day it was like bring me food like I'm hungry. I I, I so, loved it. I love the way you phrase that. I'm not arguing the validity of it, but just the bullshit. The, yeah, it's exactly. I mean, like he, I, Dad even said he's like airplane food would have been better than this bullshit. Considering the last yeah. time I ate on a plane, I probably have to. No, no, the last time I ate on a plane, it was pretty fucking good. I got to be honest. Like like ate food. Uh the yeah. I don't. I didn't eat it, but I remember. As an example of how fucking dysfunctional this place was, the first day I went to go visit him, I didn't get a room number. I didn't know. I couldn't reach my dad, so I didn't know where the fuck he was. So I go up to the front desk, and I'm like, hi, I'm looking for Ron DiGiorgio. He is, you know, he's this old. He has a broken leg. You know, just tell me where he is. And they didn't speak great English, and they were like, who are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for my father. His name is, and I'm, I, you know, I'm very patient with shit like this, but like, I, I have my limit where I'm like, listen, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here to fucking find my dad. I don't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here. You don't want to be here. So let's fucking make the best of this situation. Nobody wants to be here. Yeah. So they're like, oh, okay. Uh, he's over in this room. So they send me to this room that's like, way across the building I'm like all right i walk over and it's a little ass old asian dude inside he's just like are you my son i'm like no motherfucker like sorry you're in this situation but no you are not my you are not the father <laughs> will, will you be <laughs> please yeah. please my son doesn't visit me please fucking be my son <laughs> at least for 10 minutes i'm like ah no buddy sorry so i walk back go back to the front desk i'm like all right i'm not asian like, where's my fucking Guinea fucking Dago father, please? And they're like, uh, who? What's his name? And I'm like, Ron DiGiorgio. Like, 
I spelled it out. I did the whole thing. And they were just like, oh, yeah, he's right over here. And it was literally the door right behind me. I, li- I was like, I look over and it's like, I walk in. I'm like, dad, I've been trying to fucking fight you this whole time. I've been 10 feet from you. He's like, yeah, I heard you, but you didn't hear me. As soon as I heard you walk away, I was like, hey, that's my son. And He's like, well, this well, fucking place is so dysfunctional. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What you didn't? I mean, I mean, I believe you, but you didn't. I, I heard him from Jersey some days. Like, <laughs> how did you not hear Ron? Because like, I was all already down the fucking hall. Like, and he was weak, man. He was like, you know. No, I know. I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously. Yeah, joking, no, it's but, a joke. But like, yeah, I mean, he was medicated up the wazoo during that time. And when I went to pick him up, like, two weeks later, I mean, he was miserable. Right. And they were like, he can't go home until this day. And I'm sitting there talking to Dad. He's like, fuck that. Get me out of here. And I was like, Dad, I'll I'll break you out of here if that's what you want. And he's like, good. Get the car. <laughs> so I'm like, I pulled up my fucking Honda. It's the Italian job, the Ron version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And help and the, and the nurses and the doctors are like he really should not be leaving and i'm like well sorry he's going like he'd be <laughs> more comfortable at his house where we can actually feed him and take care of him and they do they did not like me saying that it was like what do you mean by that what are you insinuating i'm like i'm insinuating that he's miserable here and so you I guys are terrible care. what you do thanks for thanks for playing the game have a nice yeah. day like <laughs> Right. It's, uh, it's Kaiser Hospital, not Kaiser Soze, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> so I I helped down the car and I had to shove his wheelchair in my back seat. And that was complicated. Oh, I'm sure. It was one of those yeah, yeah, bigger yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you've seen my car. It's not a fucking yeah. big car. So and and dad had done this whole thing where he's like, I'm going to quit smoking. And he has because he couldn't have a cigarette. So he was actually fine. So I'm shoving this fucking wheelchair in the back seat. He lights up a cigarette from my pack. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I'm like, you said you quit. Like you he said, I'm done with these fucking things. I feel amazing. I don't need them anymore. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, fuck you. I never said that. I'm like, oh, OK. Well, he I mean, that's high. that's kind of par for the course. The Well, he was high. I mean... Well, but I'm also selective memory for Ron, even when he wasn't... Well, then again, I was going to say when he wasn't high, but that when was that? So... When he was just drunk. Well, so, yes, it inebriated in some capacity yeah. <laughs> of, or other. Um... Uh, Rico, certainly not telling you how to do this as a, this being the memorial for Ron, but you know uh, these stories are fantastic. But maybe we should get to the the more recent events portion of this. I'm, I'm bringing. Oh, okay, I'm, okay, I, okay. There's, there was uh, trust me. There was a whole structure to this. Okay. All so right. because of his knee and his shoulder, he and he was complaining about back pain and hip pain. We just assumed, yeah, motherfucker, you like jumped off a ladder and and had a tractor jump on you like of course you're going to be in pain if this if none of those things had happened he was complaining about his back and joel and i and alex and and Livia all confirmed this we were like we would have immediately put him in the hospital like we need to check you out that's not good right and so we just assumed and he did too that it was just old injury back pains but what we realized and found out it was it was cancer and it was cancer on top of severe arthritis plus the injuries. So he had prostate cancer 
but because the the arthritis had was affecting his back, it made the cancer have an easier time right. getting to his spine. So the the prostate cancer basically became spinal cancer. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know. And and at the same time, the pandemic happened. So like, it would have been hard for him to get in the fucking hospital. Yeah, that that wouldn't have helped. Obviously, you know. Right. So, yeah. Oh, it didn't. I mean, we're we're still in a minor pandemic. I mean, it's sure. definitely calmed the fuck down. Yeah. But the last year or two was really hard to get dad to go to um, doctor's appointments. In fact, he almost never made it. Like, he would have a doctor's appointment, and that was it. Like, he just couldn't go because he couldn't go up and down the stairs. Mm. And, and you know, and even when he was able to get down the stairs, then he had that long, arduous, you know, trek to fucking Kaiser and waiting in the waiting room and getting back up and walking and then them basically saying, oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, you look fucked up, so uh, thanks for coming in. Come back next month. And it's like, what a waste of time. What right. a fucking waste of time. And every single time dad would say, listen, I never asked for drugs. I'm not, he's not, he was never that guy. He did not want Vicodin. He did not want Oxy. When he was in severe enough pain, then he wanted the drugs. But he was, you know, he, he preferred his, uh, his wine and his weed. That I was, was just going to say, he was a wine and weed guy. He didn't need the yeah. other, yeah. This time, the last year, he was like, begging for drugs he was like i need the vicodin i need the oxy and they just kept refusing it and it was it was really fucking demoralizing to just watch an 80 year old man with a lot of pride be told no from a doctor yeah the the problem i mean it's unfortunately it's a perfect storm of things right because you're you're dealing with I mean, obviously the pandemic, which doesn't impact the, the drugs portion per se, but that's that's a factor, right? You know, you're dealing with his age and then you're dealing with the fact that, and I don't know how much you paid attention to this, because um, it just may not be on your radar, but like, there's a whole like movement right now in the pharma world to kind of like reverse the use of a lot of those because it's it's caused this whole epidemic, this whole other other uh pandemic basically of right. you know drug use with that leads to heroin and all that kind of stuff so right that's and we not, were told that that's not nearly talked about as much as you know just for the record as much as say like covid but no the 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 doctor and the hospital staff basically explained that to us and my and mine and Ron's argument was okay but he's like let him become a drug addict then He's 85 or he's 84. He's going to die anyways. Right. Let him have some relief. Right. Like if he get, uh, I mean, I basically talked to dad and I said, if dad, if you, if you get hooked on heroin, great. That would be (laughs) fucking awesome. That would be awesome. Because Uh, he would actually probably calm the fuck down for once. Probably. You're probably right. And what would what would be the horrible thing? He dies of cancer or he dies of an overdose, you know, trying to like relax. Yeah, I mean at that point you're you're not wrong. Like at that point there's really yeah, but I you know what, you just said something that made me think of something from my from another perspective is it for a man who how much weed did he smoke? Like was he like midnight smoke levels of weed or he was very much a I guess take a puff or two every 
hour or two. So not like smoke then. Well, he also was not like smoking weed in the extent of like, oh, and this is like God's green, you know, gift. Like right. he, was, he didn't give a fuck about the names and he didn't give a fuck about the types. Dad, dad had his own stash. And and it was I didn't really particularly I mean I'm not a smoker in that sense yeah so I couldn't tell you if this is good weed or bad weed sure but I know it was like farm weed like a very a very specific different type of weed as opposed to like I, this was made in a fucking factory and it's homegrown and we've jerked it off every four <laughs> hours like you know we milk them and we and we fucking give them coffee in the morning like you know. There's weed now that is treated like children, whereas dad was like treated his weed like his children were like, all right, I gave you some nutrients. You're on your own. I'll see you tomorrow. Like it was kind of that. And now I'm going to smoke it. Um, yeah. no, I'm now gonna, you're yeah. useful. <laughs> I was just going to say, because he was very angry for someone who smoked, smoked weed. That's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, that could be the wine. Uh, That's true. Infl- the the yeah. wine intake as well. He definitely, he loved his wine. He like, did. He did. I, so did I, his laptop. I, oh God! Which one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still am amazed by the fact that he he drowned a laptop in red wine, and and he denied it. He absolutely fucking denied it. I was like, Dad, your your laptop's not working right. He's like, I was like, Did you do something? No, it wasn't his laptop. It was just a keyboard. Right. Right. It, it was a white keyboard, but like. Whoever spilled the wine wiped off all the wine as best they could, but they didn't realize that it was just soaked under the keys. Yeah. In yeah. the in the board itself. And I was like, Dad, your keyboard's not working right. Did you do something? He's like, No, I didn't do anything. Uh-huh. I picked it up, turned it over, and, and yeah. it just rained red wine like it was bleeding. <laughs> you told this. It before, was the yeah. funniest fun. And I looked at him, I was like, All right, either you did this shit. Or, somebody... or someone did this shit. Like, I'll tell you, someone fucked up. I don't know who it is, but someone fucking drowned a keyboard. That's so funny. But um, I won't lie, Siege. The last year of Dad's life was not great, and oh. it was hard to watch. I no, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not sitting you here know. saying I, I watched from afar. Yeah, I mean, like, and and and. Partially up close for about ten days, but you know, yeah. uh, he yeah. was better when you were here. I mean, yeah, he no, was he, not as worse as he was. No, no, no. He he got infinitely worse after that. Last yeah. five, last six months were bad. Were really, a yeah. downward trajectory. Yeah, yeah. No, really no, no. Bad. He he was pretty. I remember he was pretty tame. He was pretty calm. It was the stuff that. <laughs> it, well, I mean, and then it was and it was pretty. What we were used to in the three years leading up to that moment, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because, you know, the, the, oh, you're recording that thing? Bring me smokes. Like, you know, even though you'd say to him every Sunday, like, I'm not available from this time to this time. And in, in right. so I, I will tell one of the few things that I can share about Ron because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of these moments. And, and, right. and conversely, unfortunately, I had none of them with Nancy, really, except I think that one story that I was able to tell when she, you had me on speaker and she jumped into the conversation. I didn't know After she was there. After not knowing, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, which was still fine to this day. And but it's, yeah. It's, it's perfectly Nancy. Right, right. right. But, you know, inevitably, we'd be recording and your phone would ring 
at least three times. Every, every recording. Now, you usually had it set on, on silent or vibrate or whatever, so... You as the audience had no idea, but Rico and I, as you know, because we've talked about it, talk to each other on camera. I see Rico right now. I'm staring at him, and he sees me. So I would see him pick up his phone and look at it and just shake his head like, God damn it. You know, yep. like, and this <laughs> happened inevitably every recording. And and for a while, and it not so much in the last, you know, year and a half or so, but it was almost like clockwork within the first, like, 45 minutes like you could almost set it to you know like it, it was it was really kind of funny and uh i mean i knew it frustrated the crap out of you and and there'd be a handful of times uh again a little peek behind the curtain we would actually pause the recording suit because if he called more than three that's was your like okay that was kind of like our code that if he called like that fourth time something was up like we need to find out what the hell is going on you know it was and what and and i would also be like texting staff yeah like ron keeps calling me will you fucking call him and find out what's going on and the irony is it's uh, for some of those she was in los angeles so it's like for some there were a couple um, times she was in well, LA she was visiting you... family for sure but i mean she no. was living here no but there was one time she would, there was uh, there was one time i think she was l- still living down there and you were like can you just call and see if he needs something and then if he does let me know i think is what you ultimately not in that not in that context she she didn't dad didn't have a relationship with her okay which she was still living in in southern california maybe i just misunderstood uh-huh. that my bad but it, no yeah. but when she was definitely living here for yeah, yeah, yeah. sure yeah, 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 yeah steph was the the backup the, the and and more often than not 90 percent of the time it was oh he just wants to know if you're like available to go shopping or if you smokes. can bring up a cigarette yeah, or yeah. if you can or when you're done he wants to like see he's hungry because a lot of it was we had to take care of dad yeah and without going to the nitty-gritty of 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 shit (laughs) steph and i had to like take care of dad but there was already somebody living here who was supposed to be taking care of dad now i'm of the opinion that he didn't do as much as he could have or anything for that matter well he no he did he did do some but it was not he was not doing what I believe he was expected to do and was being paid to do. Right. So a lot of it was falling on me. And this is not just my opinion. Dad said the same thing. There See, were many you never times, told me that. That's news to me. There were many times where dad was like, I was asking him, like, what what is up with the situation, dude? Like, I I, I want to be here to help you, but I have to go to work. Yeah. And I have to record the podcast. And I'm also like getting ready to get married. And well, that was I'm, the latter, more recent times. Yeah. Well, but in the last three months, it was really like in it was it was it was a every day. It was so and so so and so is supposed to be taking care of this guy of dad, but I'm the one getting called early in the morning. Right. Like, wh- why? Why? I'm I'm ha- I I will go up there and I will do what I got to do. Sure. Sure. But I'm if this is what was agreed on, I'm supposed to be the backup, not. Not the other way around. Right. And and even dad on more than one occasion would say, like, I don't know where so-and-so is. He's supposed to be here. Call him up. Text him. And I would text this guy. I'm like, where are you? Dad needs help. But this guy would, his his method of thinking he did a, a, a full day's work would be to get my dad a cappuccino 
instead of making coffee at the house, he would leave the house, go off to a cafe that's not even down the street, not the one you went to. He would go to another cafe to get a fucking latte or something and then come back, give dad a cup of coffee that he would sometimes drink all the way, sometimes not. And then that was it. He would he would like change the sheets on dad's couch because dad couldn't sleep on his bed anymore because he couldn't make the long walk. So dad basically lived on his couch in his living room. So he was close proximity to his laptop and his wine and his kitchen. And that was it. But so it was on a frequent arguing where I was like, what is so-and-so supposed to do? We need to really sit down and decide and 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 really have a full understanding. Okay, he is expected from this time to this time. When he's gone, okay, I'll take over. And if I'm unavailable, Steph will take over. If Steph's unavailable, then we got to get other relatives and friends to like really help out because that's how bad dad was. Right. I, I'm saying all this in part because this is still a struggle that I still fight with, even though dad is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still trying to explain, oh, no, so-and-so didn't do as much as you think he did. And right. and the problem is, is he's immensely charming and says all the right shit. And people are like, oh, wow, he's just so, he's so charming. He's such a good dude. And I'm that guy who's like, no, he's not. Fuck <laughs> that guy. Right, right. And I'm purposely not saying his name. No, I know. I, I, I figured that on, yeah. But he was like at mo- the memorial yesterday. Although and technically, you could say the name that you all call him because that's not even his name, if I recall. But I'm, I, not, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that you. But theoretically, you still wouldn't be saying his name. Technically, true. <laughs> he would. He would be like, "I'm going to sue you for saying my fake name." Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of my point. Like the one. I don't. Be- I don't need. It, I honestly, I don't care. I don't care about aggravating him. I care about aggravating the people that are vouching for him. Right. No, no. I, I, I get it. Which that's a whole different discussion that's not worth and, and, and it won't be on here. It's, it's not needed. Exactly. Um, so it's it's frustrating. Even, like a lot of the problems and issues that were prevalent when dad was alive are gone because he's he's gone. But he also did leave us a bit of a fucking mess to literally clean up so he was going downhill and then eventually he did i i had to call the ambulance i swear like four times yeah. for dad yeah because he couldn't physically just get in the car and get go down the stairs get in the car and make his way up i mean we really tried and it was like let's try and carry him and i i kept nixing that the the so-and-so was like let's just take him down the stairs and i'm like Dude, if you drop him, that's a problem. If he spasms, that's a problem. Like, we are not fucking professionals. Right. We're not just going to, you know, hoist him over our shoulder, you know, and like like we're fucking Robin Hood carrying Maid Marion and shit and going down the goddamn steps. It doesn't work like that, man. Nice throwback to the last damn it. Nicely done. Yeah. Oh, I'm full of damage. Don't, don't, don't worry. Rico, I know this. That's yeah. you're, you're not telling myself or anyone that listens to this show regularly anything new. <laughs> I, I'm full of damage, but I have plenty of fucks to give. There, like there you go. There you go. So the last time I had to call the ambulance, Dad, 
See, I've talked about how like my last conversation with Nancy was a was a joke argument. It was not a legitimate argument. It was sort of a bit that we did in front of company. But I, my last conversation with my father was an argument. I was arguing with him to get him to the fucking hospital. Yeah. But, I mean, it almost feels apropos. Like It does, but it's really frustrating. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, I get that. Sure. He didn't He didn't want to go. He. I, I got called up and, like, like, so-and-so knocked on my door and said, your dad's not doing good. I'm like, well, yeah, but what's going on? He's like, <laughs> I don't know. He, he really is asking for you right now. So... I run up there and dad is like, his breathing is shallow. Just, yeah. it's just, he's just, he can't catch his breath. And we were, we now were at this point where we had oxygen tanks and we were like, tr- I was trying to get him to breathe and he was taking big fucking gulps and he would be like normal for about a minute and then it would just drop down. Mm. His blood pressure and his oxygen was just dropping gradually at a alarmingly quick pr- pace. So I'm trying to get him to like, dad, I need to call 911. This is this is above what our capabilities. It's time. And he with his you know, literally breathless breaths would be like, "I'm not going." And I'm like, "All right, dad. You really need to fucking go." And everybody, I mean, I I I talked about this yesterday at the memorial, and more than one person was like, "Why didn't you just ignore him and call 911?" And I said, "You know, because I Please tell me that want... wasn't in like a judgmental way or in more of a question, just this curiosity kind of way. It was more of it was, it was more of the latter. It was like a it, the tone was judgmental, but I know where they're coming from because I had the same tone. Um, and they and a lot of it was my reasoning was dad is all dad has left is his pride. The last thing I want to do is take away his last decision. I, I do firmly believe that in some ways you should be allowed to die how you want to die, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to stand there and watch it. Yeah, so that's I told a, and him, that's a that's a fine line to walk. I I get that. That's yeah. And I told him, "All right, Dad, I'll make you a deal. I'm going to go away. I'm going to check on you in 30 minutes. If you're not better in 30 minutes, I don't care what you say. I'm calling 911, and you're Kaiser's problem." I turn and walk away, and he says, okay, call them, because he knew I was serious in that moment. And that's that's all he wanted was for me to give him a choice. Mm. If I said, fuck you, I'm calling 911, there's nothing you can do about it, then he was powerless. Right. But if I reasoned with him, you know, Joel made a speech yesterday. It was really fucking good. Alex did one, too. It was also very good. But Joel said this thing where he was like a constant, like, oxymoron of himself like one of my favorites is he had this giant he had the world's biggest nose but he couldn't smell the cat piss he was standing on (laughs) um he was he was a constant clashing of himself he when he was young he acted like an old man when he was an old man he acted like a kid like you know it was is that type of shit yeah and I understood what he was talking about because that's what I had to do to reason with dad is exactly how I reason with my nephews, right. which is, hey, do you want the light dimmed or off? It's not going to be on when you're going to bed. Do you want the door closed 
or almost closed. It's not going to be all the way open. And if you let them think they have a fucking choice, but you get what you want anyways, everybody wins. Right, right. It's like, no, you do you want to have background music, Ron? Or do you want to watch Longmire for the 40th time? Oh, well, my, what I'm getting is I'm going to calm the fuck down and listen. You know, yeah, and relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he agreed to for me to call 911. Ambulance came. And it was the same. It was like a same ambulance that had seen him once before. And they're like, Ron, what the fuck? You were doing fine a week ago. What's going on? Because it was at that point, it was like once every week or two. I had to call 911. Yeah, I remember. Check on him. Yeah. And dad, at that point, dad was like, I think the oxygen was just leaving his brain. He was very, very lightheaded and he wasn't focused. And I'm going to get a little fucking deep for a second. They they put him in that chair that they carry like he's the fucking like king of, you know, like an getting... Egyptian king or whatever. Yeah, I've seen yeah, 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 yeah. And they're about to carry him downstairs where there's a wheelchair waiting for him or a stretcher. I'm sorry. It was a stretcher. And we're at the top of the stairs and dad all of a sudden like slumps and goes slack and everybody is like trying to get his attention and like they're like ron what are you doing what's going on wake up sit up dude sit up what are you doing and dad in like like way faster than i expected him to move all of a sudden like straightened up and went rigid Mm. His eyes were wide open and bulging, and his mouth was wide open. He had the look of, like, shock, surprise, fear. And they, at that point, said, okay, fuck this, and grabbed him from under his, like, shoulders, kicked the chair that they were, like, about to carry him down, and just hauled him down the stairs. And, and like, they did it in, like, seven seconds if that yeah those motherfuckers are trained well dude oh yeah (laughs) and then put him on the stretcher and i saw that he was like at that point once they laid him down they were talking to him and he was mumbling back to them so he was conscious but in that second that i'm talking about i honestly believe like he fainted with his eyes open oh yeah that can happen that's a thing yeah so yeah uh so and so was there and he didn't like how the EMTs were barking at dad. Of course. And I, and I explained to him, like, they don't give a fuck about feelings right in that second. They are doing what they're supposed to do, which is they're assessing. They're making sure he is what he is. And they're going to take him to the hospital. They don't give a fuck about their tone. And you shouldn't either. And, you know, that became a whole other fucking heated debate. And I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. I didn't call them over here to fucking like be nice to dad. I call I called them over here to get him to the hospital. I don't yeah, we're care. Not, we're not drinking wine and playing cards like uh, this. Is... Yeah, <laughs> if they had slapped dad in the face, then I could be like, all right, right yeah, sure. that was excessive. Sure, sure. Yeah. At least ask me to do that. I've been wanting to do that my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> so they take him to Kaiser. I'm I'm texting Joel and Alex and leave you. Um, no one's answering. I and I knew the drill at this point. I was like, there's no point for me to go to Kaiser for another hour because every time I would go, 
I'm just sitting outside because they won't let you in. Mm. Now there's like those, those rules where it's like they give you a card and they say, here, call this number in like 45 minutes. And then we'll, we'll let you know if you can at that point come in or not. Gotcha. So so I'm like, I look at Steph. I'm like, we're hate. We're just going to sit here. We're going to sit here for an hour and then we'll go. So eventually Joel and Alex, Steph and I all meet and do the same thing. Periodically, one of us is allowed inside to go check on dad. Um, at that point, dad was completely unconscious. He was just not awake. Um, so it was a lot of sitting outside, calling family, talking to each other, talking to the doctors. Uh, Maxwell, both Maxwell and Michael um, eventually showed up to help. You know, and it wasn't like I needed support, but they wanted to be there. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to be there, but it's yeah, much harder yeah. for me to I mean, be. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little difficult for me to do that. But right. Yeah. So eventually, the doctor told us that he at one point did pass, but they resuscitated him. Mm. And then, like four hours later, he passed again, and they resuscitated him. And so at this point, he was kind of in a deep coma, more or less. Mm. Because they were like afraid of him waking up. They're like, he his organs are so fucked up right now, based on us resuscitating him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That if he comes back, he will not be the same. Like, and that was the we had to make that decision. You know, at, at least this time I had siblings to help make that call of, okay, dad like baseball, three strikes he's out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, You know, we, we don't want him to suffer. If there's a third time he dies, he needs to just pass. Ted Williams gets his revenge. (laughs) (laughs) The cop that he dropped the sandwich on got his revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, 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 once we gave that decision, we're like, I guess we should all just go home and wait for the call. We all go home. I'm drinking. Um, and then around 1230, Alex calls me up and says, Hey, so the doctor just called, uh, he's still alive, but they are pretty positive that he's going to pass like within the next hour or so. And even though it's well past visiting hours, they are allowing us to come by to say goodbye. And I said, all right, well, you're going to have to pick me up. He's like, all right, I'll pick you up. Joel Ubered from his house. And we all meet at Kaiser. We're all outside. And the doctor did not tell security that we were allowed to come in. So we had to like kind of argue with her a little bit and do a lot of schmoozing and like show text messages proving that we can come in. And she was like, all right, this is what you're going to do. I'm going to allow you guys to go in one at a time, 10 minutes each. That's it. I'm like, all right. Joel and Alex pushed me to go first. I go up. Dad's room number was six, six, five. He was so fucking close. He was, he was as close as you can get. He was neighbor of the beast. (laughs) And I thought maybe there was no six, 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 just like how there's some buildings don't have a 13th floor for superstitious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a six, six, six. Alex found it and he peeked in. And apparently the guy looked worse than dad, which is really fucking scary because dad did not look good. Sure. 
the first thing I noticed was how like his arms were black because all the blood was pooling. Yeah. He looked like he had sleeves, like tattoo sleeves. It was the fucking craziest thing. Wow. It, uh, for once, dad had like ink. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever did it sucked at the, at the design though. Um, so he, w- I, I squeezed his hand. There was nothing there, dude. Like it, it was just, he was just not there. He yeah. was alive, but he was not there. And I've had people say, oh, you know, if they're in a coma, it's been, you know, some tests prove that they know what's going on around them. And I'm like, well, that's why I was still nice to him. <laughs> just in case. Because I was like, all right, Pop, this is not what you wanted. I'm sorry. I hope you, I, I, we don't believe in afterlife, but on the off chance there is one, please give them hell. Just don't give haunt them my a bunch ass. of shit. <laughs> Like if there's a God, say some shit. Like that would be the ultimate irony. Is like God could be like, all right, Ron, my son, I, you're you're coming with me. He's like, fuck you. Let's talk about what you didn't do yeah. and what you did do. I know a Why'd thing. You... I know a thing or two about creation. Let's talk about this. <laughs> what was up with Adam and Eve? What was? What, why make the snake in the first place? Damn it! That was your first mistake. <laughs> Not the people. <laughs> so uh, that would be dad's ultimate fucking dream would be like still a diehard atheist and bitching in heaven or hell, depending on where he is. Sure. Uh, I'll tell you something that's really funny. Our, our, my grandfather was not a very good dude and I, no. and I will not go into detail, but he was just like one of those scum motherfuckers. Okay. Alex knows a little bit of our history of, of that history and talked to me and said, God, dude, if, if there's an afterlife and I ever come across our grandfather, I'm just going to fucking kick him in the face as hard as I fucking can. And my response is, if you are in front of our grandfather, you're in hell. So figure out what the fuck you did to get there first. <laughs> right. Right. Like that motherfucker's not going to be in heaven, dude. Yeah. yeah. So he, he thought uh, that was funny. That no, that was pretty funny. I, you know, I, I gotta say, you know, and I only say this because of the way you were just talking about, like he would be up there arguing with God. You know, yeah. like I do like the the last, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, true Ron story that we have on Potescu is him telling the chef how to cook paella when he's never cooked it in his life prior. <laughs> do as I say, not what I do, right? Right, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's right on line with what you were just saying, you know? Like, Yeah, that's that's pretty much, uh, that's how dad operated. I mean, look, all my joking and all my criticism of my father, my dad was a very wise, like, intelligent man. He, he read yeah. books upon books. When he was a kid, he read the fucking encyclopedia. The dude was, a, in his own way, all right, I'm going for a pun here. He was a Renaissance man, you know. He was, you know, he was a fucking the no, dude. Right. The dude was five foot five and stronger than all of us at his peak. He had guns like you wouldn't believe. He was ahead of his time when it came to like healthier diets and like, and he kind of like dropped a, some of his Italian macho bullshit. And like was like, especially for the diet, like a lot of Italians, beef and pork and veal. Yeah. 
dad was like chicken and turkey for his restaurant. Like the restaurant was a minor success, but it was also ahead of its time. It would have made a killing now. Right. Right. It, it, you know, everybody's into like semi-vegetarianism or veganism. Dad would have fucking killed it. Well, question then. Do mm. do any of those recipes exist anywhere? Like, do you do you have those in a collection somewhere? Like, is there in in Ron's things? Do those do those things exist? That is to be determined. Um, we we're gonna have to go through a lot of this stuff. I would be willing to bet that a lot of that stuff is at the land somewhere. But but well so, yeah, whether it's upstairs or at the land or wherever. But I mean, like. And and then follow up to that is if it does exist and and you were in a position to do so, do you would you see yourself like running a restaurant with those recipes? Absolutely not. No, no. I well, no, because you, you you've developed over the last eighteen months, maybe longer. Uh, it seems like a real zeal for cooking and cooking at home for the people I give a fuck about, but like running a kitchen is a whole headache. And I saw it. And I saw I grew up in a in in a restaurant. You could business. team up with Michael. I could team up with Michael or 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 Joel because Joel's I, got his restaurant. My vote's Michael, but that's just Well, <laughs> I mean I've I have tried to get them together. To like team oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, you've told me that. That's yeah. a real fucking mate match made in heaven, if you'll excuse the expression. The um, yeah. Those those recipes, though, more or less, based on what dad has cooked repeatedly and how I've watched him and how he's taught me, I know those recipes for the most part. Oh, well, there but you I also go, have but... done my own twist and sure. know, like dad never used butter. I use a little butter. I use mostly olive oil when I make my pasta sauce, but I throw in some butter for you know glossiness and, and, and flavor. You're, and, and, I, and I've and I've had your sauce, and and it's yeah. good. My my only complaint with your sauce and complaints really not the right word. Really, it's not is, criticism. Yeah, critique. Critique would be the closest because I don't even think criticism is the right word. Right? Is right. it's it's just thinner than I like. I like a thicker in terms of the the viscosity of it. I guess you know what I mean. Like at least when well, when, if you remember. After your first bowl, it did get thicker. No, but I, but even then, I like it. It was good, but I like 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 a like a thick. But I saw I also am a guy that prefers a a bolognese over like a just a plain, you know. Even if you did it, and I, and if it changes the name of it, my apologies for not knowing that. But like even if you did it with like a turkey or a chicken over like beef, just to have that that substance to it, you know what I mean? Like, well, in that context, I didn't simmer it long enough i think we were all getting impatient and that's <laughs> yeah i think we were just like because you know how it is you you remember the smell oh it was great and it and it did taste fantastic like i don't want to take away from from the flavor of it it was very good i enjoyed it i had a good time with it it was it was you know but i and i'm just like that i'm like that other place like if if you it, and not that we would do it but if we had like debon or my mom or whatever and we were having the same conversation they would all say the same thing like i'm real like i like you, you know. like fucking pasta sauce where it's like thicker than oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, not, I got, I got yeah. you. I do too, but I think we we're all just like fuck this waiting bullshit. Let's eat. <laughs> yeah, no, we were I all like hungry. Yeah. Like, it tastes good enough, but it ain't it ain't thicker than a Kardashian. But, well, but from a taste perspective, it was fucking fantastic. Like, so I'm not I'm not taking that a, taking away from the flavor of it in any capacity. No, no, no. Either, I know so. that you, it was a consistency that you wanted. Yeah, yeah, but but um, yeah, you you. I I think it would be that would be a 
fun way for you if you ever decided to do it to like honor the positive sides of Ron in a way that you could. You know what I mean? Like, well, if I were to do anything, I would maybe talk to Joel and be like, maybe I'm not. I was like, I'm prefacing this, Joel, if you're listening to me, right? I'm not telling you what to do, but maybe there could be a way of like adding a dish in Ron's name. Yeah. One of one of his just one just it doesn't have because Joel doesn't have um, pastas at his at his restaurant. It's, right. it's pizza and wings and beer and yeah and other assorted goodies. Um, and Dad kept trying to push to like have a pasta there. Just what just one pasta. And I don't know maybe that's something or something that we could I could recommend to Joel. You know like have something like have his bolognese have you know maybe not call it Ron's sauce or something but you know something a little bit. The, the family DiGiorgio pasta, something akin to that, you know, yeah. and it's it's easy to make. You make a giant fucking tub of it, you know, it'll be, you know, you say, all right, today's special is, you know, pasta a la DiGiorgio, whatever. And so that would be, but running my own restaurant, absolutely not. I, there's, tempers are flaring in a restaurant. There's a lot of sharp knives and fire. It does not need me in the kitchen either. And I also would, I, I can't be that guy who just walks in. I, mean, I couldn't be the owner, walk in and be like, all right, guys, do this like this. I'd have to be like, fuck, let me show you how to do this. And like, you know, cook it the way I want it to be cooked. And well, get well, and, annoyed and, and, when it and understand, the way it understand when I, when I suggested that I wasn't suggesting a place that seats like 200 people. Like I was suggesting like a, you know, like almost like a, like a, bistro level style you know what i mean like sure you, know, you, you, I, you, you I, sit 20 people and you know whatever but you know what I'm saying? i don't think that would survive in the bay area because you need to have like crazy high prices you need to find that balance where you have high prices yeah if you're going to have a small amount of seats to pay for your cost i, I guess and long then, story and then people are gonna be like i'm not spending 25 dollars on a bowl of pasta i don't care who it's named after right you know right I mean? Like, I, I mean i guess long story short i was just thinking that you know with if 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 he was ahead of his time as you're saying and i'm not arguing that point you know it'd be a cool way to and with your your newly found uh enjoyment of cooking i won't go as far as to say love just yet but enjoyment of cooking you know i i think it would be a cool way for you to to do that that's a, just a just a thought i had in the moment so you know for sure i mean I, it's when I was younger, uh, I toyed with that idea, but no, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it's not a bad idea, but we'll, we'll, uh, burn but that no. bridge when we come to it. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, but no, <laughs> I, it's, it's just no now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with you, buddy. It's, it's totally just messing with you. So, so in the interim of after, after I left and Joel went up and then Alex went up and we all said our goodbyes. Alex actually stayed for like 40 minutes. I don't know what special treatment. I don't know if he slipped the, the security at 20 or something, but he fucking was there for 40 minutes or so. And Joel and I went off to the closest bar that was open, um, which was not super close. It was up the road, but about a, about a mile or, or about a mile and a half or something. Mm. And we go, and it was like last call. So we got there just in time to have a drink or two for Ron um, and then we go outside and then in perfect DiGiorgio fashion, as we lament and mourn, we had an argument and then Alex pulled off to take me home. And that involved like a long, and we're like, look at the clock. It's like, it's 3am or it's like two knows, uh, 
It was 2 a.m. because it was last call, so we're all bounced. I go home. Alex drops me off. I lay down and close my eyes, and then it felt like literally four seconds. I, I, my phone is ringing again. I look at it. It's been an hour, so or 45 minutes. It was 3 o'clock exactly. Answer the phone. Alex says, yeah, I just got the call. He's gone. So dad roughly passed away to 45 ish, 250-255-257, something like that. Because Alex would have been the first one they call. So if it was that soon, it was that soon. So yeah, the he died very close. So which means his three sons are like, you know, uh, less than a mile away, a mile away, and they're just arguing, and he's like about to pass that's that's gotta be i mean it's not a bad thing it's just it's just a de georgia thing that you took the words out of my mouth buddy yeah. i love you but you took the words out of my mouth and so i'm gonna be honest i haven't cried over my over my dad's passing it's it's not that i don't want to it's just i haven't had the need to because i i think a good lot of it is just a sense of relief yeah, you know he he's that. no longer suffering. Yeah, I could see that. He's no longer causing suffering, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I wasn't gonna go there, but sure, I uh, I can. Um, yes, you can. Yes, you can. He, you know, and then you know, I got married in the middle of all this, so that was a way. I that think probably that's helped. Yeah, it definitely helped. You know, and and everyone was you know when i tell people i'm like oh my my father passed away but i'm getting married in a couple of days you know that conversation they're like oh i'm so sorry well, you know you know it's, so, it's it's sad that he's not there and i'm like oh no he wasn't invited <laughs> he wasn't going to be there anyway like, he wasn't going to be there and that's yeah. honestly the the truth even if dad had been alive for my wedding he wouldn't have been able to make the trek he was trying to get me to like get married for like in the park next to my house that he can go outside his wheelchair and like see it. And I was like, dad, no, I'm not going to, I've had, I've, I've been mugged there. I've had, I've been beaten up by bullies. I'm not going to get married next to like trauma. Yeah. There's like, other things that have happened in that park that we won't recap right now, but yeah. At, at the bare minimum, I'm not going to get married where I've stepped in dog shit at least 30 times in my life. Like, no, thank you. Interesting choice of words with bare minimum. but that's the point. In terms of the crazy, awful shit that has happened in that park that I've lived next to for 31 years, stepping in dog shit is the least offensive. No, I, I get that. Never mind. So. So. Um, well, I mean, there's, yeah. but there's nothing wrong with that. It, 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 really, there's not. I mean, for what, not that I'm validating it for you, but for what it's worth, I mean, I, I, I don't see it. you. You and Ron had a, at least from my observations in the four years that I've known you, coming up on four years, that, or no, over four years that I've known you, is, yeah. is that it, it was a very complicated, unique kind of father-son relationship, and and and. I think at the heart of it, there was parental and familial love, but there was a lot oh. of other things that were factors that really, uh, to put it in all, one of our parlance, it's skewed it a bunch of times. You know what I mean? And and so I think it makes it hard for you to. It's not, it's not to say you don't care because I know no. you care, but it, mm -hmm. it's 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 it it makes it hard to 
morning and that sense. And I think it goes back to what you said much earlier in this recording that like you and Nancy were working on on closure, mm-hmm. you know, and and you and Ron were not. You know what I mean? You and Ron just were what you were, you know? Yeah. And so it, it it it's a very different dynamic, you know. So the, there is uh, you're absolutely right. Everything you said is 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 correct. Um, and I think he and I butted heads because I, you know, he raised me. So I was, I'm, I, in, in a lot of my best and worst personalities have come and stemmed from Ron. My face is Nancy. My tone is Ron. Oh, I, 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 I have had discussions and, and arguments and some of them on this show about things that are not important where I hear the wrong oh, yeah. like yeah it's absolutely there so uh, my my first impression was dad growing up oh I, I mean, would imagine yeah yeah I, I it got to the point where I can almost fool his friends that have known him 50 years <laughs> where they would call and I would answer and I could see who it is right and they'd be like hey Ron how are you and I'm like Oh yeah, what's going on? How are you? You know, so and so, and what's going on with you? And then I would manage to fool them for like five minutes, and they would start talking about the fucking Red Sox, and you'd have no idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, they'd be like, "Yeah, you watched the game," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, they played like shit today." Like, <laughs> right? I was like a fifty-fifty chance. Like, <laughs> it could have been like that. I, th- this like, season, you- this season, you would have been one hundred percent accurate because they're pretty bad this <laughs> right. year. But that's, yeah. So, <laughs> and they would be like, who is this? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sorry, Paul, it's Rico. He's like, God damn, Rico, you sound just like your dad. I'm like, yeah, apparently you, you got me with the fucking Red Sox. You were like, what was the score? And I'm like, I don't, you know, 10 to nothing. Yeah. Probably I, true. Probably. Like, they're like, I, yeah, who was the 10? Who was the nothing? I'm like, oh. But the, the the team, you know, the the, base, those the, the guys, yeah. the, the guys with the fucking bats and shit. Yeah, yeah. those guys, <laughs> those athletes, um, those fucking. <laughs> I, I, I think I said this on a recording, but I don't remember. So I apologize to the audience if I'm repeating myself. But, you know, uh, of all your impressions and you do have several that I I love, you know how much I praise your Joker and your Statham and your Irons and Rickman, things like that. But. I fucking love the Ron impression. That is my hands down favorite one that you do. Yeah. And I think I think it, I always was a fan of it, but it was always like a bit of a um, a bit of fiction until I experienced Ron the, for real. And then I met him, and I was like, no, that's that's, that's about accurate. That's you know, it's like I came up with a mythical figure. You know, it's like well, no, it like, was more like there was a. I always assumed it was like an exaggeration of what it really was, and and you know, as you do sometimes when you do an not you, but just in general when you do an impression, right. sometimes you exaggerate it. You take it to that other, you know, like we've talked about people doing the walking impression. It's usually way over the top from what he's actually like, you know, and exactly, and but no, no, not really. Like no, I got Ron to a T. Yeah. It was very much like. And, oh my god, you should have heard how many fucking people were doing the what at, um, at the <laughs> memorial. So many people we were, it was a whole table of everybody doing what? what? I feel like, and like I, and, and I explaining feel like, what the what, what was. I feel like we should just call this that. Just what? 
I'm, I, if I, I'm, I think we should call it the wrong way. No, the right way. No, the wrong we'll, way. we'll call it something better, but I do feel like but it would be appropriate if we just called it what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, see, that's the thing is we had to clarify. It's a soft T it's what? Yeah. Not, yeah. You because, don't, like, there were people that were going, yeah. what? I'm yeah, like, nope, no, there's no, no. it's the fucking cool whip of the DeGeorgeville family. Yeah. <laughs> what? All right. Well, your what is okay. It's, well, it's I, not. It's not perfect, but I know there's not a T on the end of it. I know that much. Like it's a, it's a soft T. It's like Voldemort. You know, it's it's the it's that type of thing. The 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 irony though is if you were to describe Ron, he was definitely much more of a hard T than a soft T. That's for sure. Like there was definitely alcohol in that T. Like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <you know, like. laughs> dad, dad uh, was what he drank. He whined a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well played, sir. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thanks. Uh, um, but yeah, so the the event, the memorial was uh, at Joel's house. Joel has a very unassuming house when you drive by it. It looks like a one story little like like a very respectable one story house. Okay. And then and then you go in and you quickly realize, oh no, this shit goes on and on and on. Like there's it. It, there's a downstairs that you just don't see from the oh, street. Oh, okay, you, okay. And then the downstairs leads to a like a long driveway, which leads to like one terrace, one backyard terrace, which is huge. And then you go down some more steps, and it brings you to another big fucking garden terrace. And then that leads to a path that like goes into like a little enclosure area. And then if you keep going, it reaches the fence area, and beyond that is the local cemetery. So, and Joel mentioned this at at, at the thing yesterday in his speech, where he was like, "What Dad was instrumental in me getting this house because I was looking at it, and before we cleared all this out, it was just woods. Mm. It was." branches and trees and bushes and thorns and nobody was going beyond it dad was the only one who went with me we trekked through this thick fucking woodsy area in my backyard not knowing how deep this went and and dad was like yeah know your property like do it right and they trekked together like all that was missing was a fucking like machete <laughs> and they realize, oh my God, like this is, this, my property is like, there's another quarter that I, that I would never would have known about. Right. Right. And everybody was like, oh no, don't get this property. Blah, 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 blah. Dad was the only one who said, get this fucking house. You need to get this house. Everything wow. you, every your, 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 your children will thank you for it. Your grandchildren will thank you for it. All of your friends will have the best time here. Get this fucking house. As much as you, whatever it's worth, you fucking pay it. And dad was right. Because Joel's got like easily the most spacious. Like any event, like a memorial, will be at Joel's house as far as I know. Because um, he's got the almost, room. Yeah. He's got the room. And, and that was what was the best part of it was that. <clears throat> we were all and I'm, when I say we I mean like the family were we were all like pulling our hair out trying to like make sure people that wanted to go to this thing were included so 
when dad died, it was, I was the one who made the majority of the calls, like, you know, all of his friends, yeah, yeah. um, some relatives, my, you know, my siblings handled other, other relatives, but I was the one who was like, I need to call, you know, Paul and Paul and fucking so-and-so and fucking so-and-so and fucking, you know, and all that shit. Like the day dad died, I made about 20 to 25 calls. Right. As you typically do. I, I, I've, I've had that day. I know that. Yeah. I know that day. Yeah. Um, and then it required like making an evite. So it was me contacting all these people again, like two or three weeks ago being like, I need your email addresses. We want to send you an invite. We want to make sure you're included. And then like, you know, when you're 84 years old, you get a lot of fucking friends over the years. So dad had this wide range of, of, of people and what we don't want to do is exclude anybody either on, you know, by accident. So we had to like, really, we were really starting to freak out of like, all these people are going to be here. It's still kind of a COVID world. It's everybody's going to bring their families and their children. And, and thank fuck Joel's got the space for it because it worked out. I mean, there was a lot of people, there was like maybe 75 to 85 people that showed up. Nice. Not including Joel's family and Alex's family and me and staff. I mean, like, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, Michael did, uh, was there. Did Livia come up from San yeah, Diego? Le- 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 yeah, Livia came up. Okay. Um, Le- Livia was there. Um, Steph and I, Steph picked up Livia from the airport. Oh, nice. Um, and we, we get, we spent a good time together. We like, she's still in town. I'll, I'll probably see her tomorrow. Oh, nice. Um, nice. We, we I know were... it's going to sound weird, but would you tell her I said hello? Because I feel like I, I know her sure. better. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be like, what the fuck? But still, I just, you know. Probably, yeah. She'll yeah. be like, who? What? What the fuck? Okay. But um, I assume at some point you do mention me by name occasionally. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dad always thought your name was DJ from time yeah, to time. I, but, I, I, I recall. But you, yeah. you said it yourself. If if you got your name wrong, then you were family. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, Livia is in town, and we we spent a lot of great time together. She actually went with me. You'll find this really fucking funny, uh, because I because I told this because we found this fucking funny. Um, I was tasked to by Joel and Jordan to go pick up a whole bunch of uh, pastas that they ordered at the at a at a at a restaurant that makes their own fresh pasta and, and blah, blah, blah. And they're nice. quite, sort of a catering company. Sure. So I, I knew I had to do that by three o'clock yesterday. Before that, we had a huge dry heat wave out here. Oh yeah. I saw on the news and stuff. Yeah. So Joel was like, can you stop somewhere and pick up a bunch of ice? And I'm like, well, how much ice He's like 10 bags? Because like we got, you know, we need, we have, you know, fucking, we're going to have a keg, you know, we, we need ice. Yeah. I'm like, I'll do what I can. First thing I did was hit up Michael. I'm like, Hey, is there any right uh, ice at the restaurant? He's like, no, we're every, <laughs> he's like, it's impossible to find it. It's, it's sold out right now. Yeah. We, we had that about a month ago here. There were like signs yeah. on store. You would walk up to the door and there would just be signs like no ice. Don't. Yeah. yeah. But we got lucky. So Levy and I, I was like, Levy, why don't you come with me? Uh, let's go get ice together. 
And so we drove the nearest Safeway, which is the one that I never go to. Mm. And it's like, I, I don't know where anything is. I go, I got my Safeway that I know where shit is, and I can just fucking in and I, out. I, I hear you, man. I got stores like that, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got fucking lucky. There was like, there was at least, we grabbed eight bags because that's really what they had. And I didn't want to be that asshole and take all their ice. So I mean, I they like, make money. They don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I wasn't thinking about Safeway. I was thinking about the people. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So we grabbed all this fucking ice, and I had parked in front of the Safeway. What? It didn't have a parking lot, or it did, but I didn't park in there. I managed to find parking right in front of the building, but to the left, about 10 to 12 feet. Pushing the car, and of course, the lo- the wheels lock. Because now it thinks I'm walking away from fucking Safeway. Mm. So it locks when I'm like 10 feet from my car. <laughs> I didn't even know that does that. I've never had a... We don't oh, really? Have, no, no, no. I, I've oh, seen yeah. motherfuckers... You could, you could get... You could walk home with a shopping cart here easily. Oh, no, yeah. The Safeway ones, uh, especially out here, they they have like a lock if you if from, a, from a distance. And you, it just, you just, you're pushing a fucking wheel that doesn't roll. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you're that guy looking like, this fucking thing won't <laughs> fucking move. God. And so instead of taking it out on the fucking cart, I just like go to my car, open up the back seat, and one by one was, or two by one, grabbing two bags of ice, right. walk, walking back, throwing in the back seat. And the middle of all this, Levia is stopped by some random woman. Who's like, oh, you guys having a party? Because we're having a whole bunch of ice. And Levia is very cordial and just say, oh, no, it's a memorial for my father. And then the woman says, oh, it's a good thing you got a big strapping husband to help you carry the ice. Well, and Levia and I look at each other and we just burst out laughing. And she's like, oh, no, that's that's my brother, my little brother. And then the woman just didn't. Like, she just didn't even fucking bat an eye. She's like, oh, well, do you have a husband? And Levy's like, yeah. Oh, where he at? where's he at? He's like, lady, what? <laughs> and at this point, I'm grabbing all the ice, and I'm huffing and puffing because I gotta, we got to haul ass back right, to right, Joel's right. house, yeah, yeah. drop all this ice off, and then I got to run down in the opposite part of where I, I am to go get this fucking pasta. So I'm like, hey, honey, I thought when we got married, you were going to help me with this shit. And she <laughs> she looks at me. She's like, yeah, hubby, let's go. That's, and it's fun. I actually have a similar story, believe it or really? not. Yeah. I, do, you, I, I'll, do you mind? If yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. So first time I went to visit the family in Vegas. Very first time. Mm-hmm. First time I'm out there meeting. Um, I had been to Vegas once before, but didn't do a lot of the touristy thing that time. I uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I gambled a lot, but that was about it. Like, I didn't do any of the other, you know, the other stuff that you do, right? So, right. Um, my my sister and I were out one. She was gonna take me around, show me different shit, whatever. And and we end up at the Vegas sign because I'd never seen it. Where I, when I was in Vegas, I ended up at the other end of the strip, and you can easily stay within like like that block of the strip and never see the Vegas sign. That's very easy to do. So. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to see the Vegas sign this time. I just want to see it, you know. And and it turns out, uh, and you'll appreciate this because you did just knowing Frank's history and whatnot. 
the 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 sign used to the signs what it's always been, but it used to just literally be like a dirt median. Like it was literally yeah. the dirt median. They've since built a parking lot around the sign and like a place because people were stopping and getting killed by traffic. Yeah, just trying to see I, the sign. I I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I um so I'm at the sign and I'm like it's pretty. I said it's good. I took a picture of it with my phone and 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 Ali's like we should get a picture of us in front of the sign. I'm like yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? And but we weren't getting the right angle. I mean, obviously we had smartphones. You could do a selfie, but we weren't getting the angle we wanted. So we said to some gentleman, "Hey, would you take our picture?" And he takes one and he goes, "All right, now one of you two kissing." And I'm like, oh no, that's my that's my sister. And he's like, uh, 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 like he didn't handle it as gracefully as apparently this lady did, but it was still pretty. And Ali, Ali and I still have a laugh about that from time to time to this day, you know. So um, <laughs> that is that is funny. And I yeah, I dated a girl, uh, and we went. I was invited to go to a, a trip with them, her and her mom, and we were soaking in the hot tub at this hotel, and. This, I, I don't remember if they were a couple or if it was just they were friends, but there's other people that were in the hot tub with us were like, oh, so like, who was born first? And I was like, I I was, what, what do you mean? Like, oh, well, are you the older brother? So you're the older brother. And I'm like, oh, no, you think we're fucking siblings? No, we fuck. We're, we're yeah, like, we're, you had the reverse thing going on there. Yeah, yeah. So I've had both like experiences. It's so bizarre. So Olivia and I haul ass. Back to Joel's house. I'm like texting Steph. I'm like, be out front in 10 minutes. I need everybody to unload this ice so I can fucking zoom back. I got there and my cousin had parked his Ferrari in where I was like trying to get to. Because yes, he has a Ferrari, but it was mostly like he's not like I'm gonna I'm he's not like I'm gonna drive my Ferrari every day. He's like, you know, it's like the Ferris Bueller, like, I'm gonna fucking wipe it down with a diaper kind of guy. <laughs> and but dad, that would, that would have been like the great way of like, Hey, if you're trying to find the house, look for the Italian flag, look for the balloons, look for the fucking Ferrari. And we, and I'm like, who's fucking, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> because dad would have loved like a Ferrari at his memorial. Dad, dad loved Ferraris, but he could afford Mercedes. That's really kind of how it was. And I, um, so I'm like double parked and people are like unloading the ice and I zoom and I go down. So you, you were, you were out here. So do you remember where we went and got Gordo's burritos? It was like, there's, there's the college Avenue street. I think that is at, just I, bear with me. We're at the, at the end of my street is that long strip called college Avenue, right? Where the Hudson Bay cafe is with the burritos and everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you make a left, I just kept going. Head toward and, George and Waltz, right? That if you make that left, yeah, heads, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're making that left, you're going past George and Waltz. You're going past. You just keep going and going and going. Eventually, and it's always such a busy fucking like area, and there's really no like shortcuts, not really. So you just kind of have to like grit your teeth and like just go behind slow traffic and a lot of pedestrians walking in the street and lights. And so I'm just like looking at the clock, and I'm like, fuck. I'm trying to pick this fucking thing up. It's already 3.15. I'm 15 minutes late. And then I have to drive back up to fucking Piedmont. And that's going to take some time because, you know, Piedmont's narrow and a lot of right. fucking hills. And and I'm going to have to drive carefully because I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting like three or four trays of pasta. No. So I have it. I have like seven 
trays and thank fuck I didn't bring anybody with me be like help with the load because no there would have no been room. no place for them to sit. Yeah. Well, they probably got to so put like, it on their lap, I guess. Yeah. Hot tray of fucking uh, yeah, pasta. Yeah. So like I had to put one in my front on my front seat, one on the floor in my front in my passenger seat, uh, three in my back seat. And the, again, these are big trays. I yeah. have a small car. And then one in my trunk. Like it was just like, and and then I was driving as quickly and as carefully as I possibly could. I'm going uphill, and in my mind's eye, like all the pastas like moving like with the flow. Of yeah, the car. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm just like hoping it's not like about to spill out on the bag because they were all in aluminum and they had aluminum foil on the top, but it wasn't like like they flat out told me like you can't stack these. Oh, okay, my... okay. So. Managed to get every everything there, unloaded that, had to find parking, yada, yada, yada. And then at that point, everybody's like starting to show up. So L.A. Joe and his mom were I was, there. I was wondering if L.A. Joe came up. Yeah. L.A. Joe, uh, LA Joe specifically came out. Um, and as I was like trying to find parking, I saw him parking. And I, I jump out and I'm wearing a fucking you know, a suit and tie. And he's like, what the fuck? He told me casual. I'm like, this unfortunately is necess is a necessity because I'm getting like, I told you about like my back pain that I'm getting my pinched nerve and yes. like, hurting my leg. Yeah. So I ditched the belt and I'm now suspenders guy. <laughs> I can see you in suspenders. Oh, like, I don't say that. Is it like, I bet it, I bet that works on you like that. That probably it, looks it, good. It yeah. looks good. It yeah, looks yeah, good. Yeah. But I'm now like, I do. I want to be suspenders guy wearing a fucking, spider-man t-shirt no of course not no, no so i kind of yeah. have to have a little bit of dress to go with i'm wearing jeans suspenders but a dress shirt and a tie and a, and a jacket that's a shame too because you bought a really nice belt while i was out there <laughs> like not, it, yeah. yeah i mean i don't know if the belt is affecting my back pain but i'm more doing this as a test i'm like maybe suspenders will alleviate some of the pain no i got you yeah, yeah, yeah. so then it was me running back and forth greeting people, showing them where to, where to go. And I'm like, I just done a whole bunch of running around. And of course the pasta made the whole car hot as shit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't want, and I don't want to turn the AC on and cold and cold it down. So I'm just you could like, open the windows. Maybe that wouldn't have been so bad. I did, but I know my habit. If I roll out the window and I'm going to reach for a cigarette, I don't want like the pasta to be tainted in any way. So well, it's just like me fucking that, fuming i mean that's that's not likely but i do appreciate that as someone who wasn't even there i appreciate the courtesy of that so right like yeah. and i don't need joel and alex to be like what is this you ruined pasta with camel smell like i don't need that they, yeah. i mean it didn't happen because i was like just in case i just don't know in case yeah i mean i've gotten pick i've, I've gotten takeout and like like mcdonald's or something and like smoked a cigarette on my way home and then steph's like these fries don't taste very good. <laughs> like, so I think it's oh, like really? if, if the oil absorbs it is what maybe, I think. Maybe I've, I've, I've never really experienced that, but I'm not saying it doesn't, it's not a thing, but yeah. I've had delivery guys bring me food and I could smell the cigarettes like on like the packaging and like the bag. Yeah. So I'm like, this motherfucker was a smoker. I <laughs> this motherfucker. So, so uh, Joe came with his mom. Michael was there. Maxwell was there. Right. Oh, that's um, nice of Maxwell. Cause that's, that's, Really yeah. not. Uh, he was more there for you than for Ron. I'm guessing at that point. I, I think you want to make sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So, and then um, a bunch of cousins, a bunch of family friends, a lot of Joel and Alex's high school and college buddies were there because dad was kind of like a secondary uncle to all of them. In his yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, he was at that so, guy's wedding. There's a reason for that, you know? I mean, right, and, and, and that guy was there. Dave was there with his wife, and we were all like, we were all giving him extra thanks because, like, dude, you helped give dad, like, the best yeah. final yeah, 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 appearance. Yeah. Oh, it, that's, a, that's a story we're going to dine on for a long time, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, we'll dine on paella for sure that's with that I'm, fucking story, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that story came up on more than one fucking uh, time. I believe so it. So then uh, Joel, Alex, and I kind of uh, emceed the thing, but then I became sort of the de facto MC. So Joel started with his speech, and like I said, it was a lot of like contradictions and how supportive Dad was, and how con- how he was such a contradiction in his own way. And then I went up uh, because Alex was like, "Mine's really long," and I won't lie, Alex Alex's speech was very good, very long, and it it kind of went into a bit of a rant about like we all need to take care of this fucking earth. Like stop doing what you're doing. And like, I, 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 I promise you. Oh, I, with, I, like, I, I, I believe you. I'm just trying to figure out how you get from Ron to that. Like that's... Because dad was like kind of an environmentalist and yeah, dad was true. like a big, like supporter of animals and wildlife and shit. And then, but Alex just went off on his own thing. And Joel and I are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> But it was good. I mean, everything he right, said, right, right. It wasn't, to be yeah, said. right, right. It wasn't like he was. Yeah, I got you. So when I took over as MC after he did his thing, I said, "Well, I was gonna have a celebratory burning of fossil fuels, but I guess that's out now." <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Oh Nicely no, I done. I was very good at doing. I mean, I had more than one person come up to be like. God damn, you really did a great job at this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's almost like I kind of like talk for a living. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, can, can I, can I comment on that for like two seconds? Not about you, but in general, like, okay. I, so at work, we're getting a whole bunch of new software. I'm trying to make this as brief as possible. We, we're getting a whole bunch of new software. And as such, you can't just, when I say we're getting new software, we're getting new software for different areas of the bank that don't affect me directly. But as compliance, I have to watch. I have to be a part of the decision-making process, or my team does, and I seem to have been the person who's been nominated to be in these things. Uh-huh. And so I have to watch these vendor demos on how this stuff operates and all these kinds of things. And I've come to a conclusion about these things. And all of these companies need to start hiring either YouTubers or podcasters to do these demos yeah. because these demo people are boring as yep. shit. I'm not saying, yep. you know, they know, they know their material. They know what they're demoing. They know the, the ins and outs. It's very like, monotone though. It's like boring and just flat. And there's it, no it, excitement. And it's not selling me on the product. Like mo- like there were two of them that I sat through <laughs> that I was like, if anyone else had done this, I might actually would have been in on board. But this guy was so terrible. I don't want this software. <laughs> like, it's- Anyway, go ahead. I, I just had to. I, yeah. I agree um, with you about that. I think because I won't say which jobs I've worked at, but I've had to like see that type of shit, too. Yeah. And even just like the type of way people talk to customers and, and clients and shit is, is that overly 
syrupy way of of like almost as borderline like talking down to somebody. Yeah, and my whole yeah. thing is kind of like just being real. I'm like, look, I'll be polite, but I'm like, here's here's the truth. Blah blah blah. So I had more than I I pretty much owned it as MC at one point after I gave my speech, which I will end this episode with. Um, I, I was presenting people. I'm like, all right, so-and-so wants to come up and all right, let's give it a round of applause for that. And then while I was waiting for people to get like the courage to come up and say something, I would give a little brief joke or, or story about dad. So like, I, I obviously told the peanut butter and jelly sandwich story and, and then I told one, I don't, I think I told you, I told the one where dad like grabbed a snake on our way up to land and like, yes. do, do you know, yeah, yes. you know, this. I, yeah, I know I, I was being tentative because I know you don't like fucking snakes, but no, like, no, listen, we're, we're talking, we're talking about my, my biggest fear on the planet through the entirety of this episode. So I think it can handle 10 seconds of snake talk. Okay. Well, it was, it was, uh, so I told that story and how I, and I definitely made it as true as it absolutely happened. Like I didn't exaggerate because like I was terrified holding a snake in a plastic bag and there was a dog in the backseat trying to get it. And dad was driving and telling me to stop being a bitch. And basically like that, like he didn't say that, but that was definitely like Rico, just fucking grit your it, teeth and it, hold that snake. It was implied. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very <laughs> much implied. And then how the snake like poked its head out. And I'm I, I'm at nose to nose with a snake and I drop it in my lap and dad grabs it and it coils around his hand and he's holding it with one hand while he's driving with the other. And now I'm like leaning up against the passenger door trying to get away from the snake as far as possible. The dog in the back seat's going fucking batshit. And then dad's like calming me and the snake down and then it bites him on the fucking finger. Mm. And I just look over and there's just blood dripping down his arm. He goes, like, ow! The, the dog bit him and the snake bit him? I got lost. The snake bit him on the okay. fucking finger. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then he drops it again. Everybody's screaming except dad. And then he picks the snake up again. It coils around. And I and I prefaced this when I was talking to the audience. I said, I promise you guys, this is what he said verbatim. All right. We got off on the wrong foot, but it's okay. We're calm down now. Everything's okay. I was like, who are you talking to? He's like, I'm talking to a snake. It bit me. And he's holding it for like another five minutes. We're like 10 minutes away from the house. It bites him again in the same spot. And he legit said, fuck this and threw it at my, at my feet in the passenger. And I, then my feet went up to my fucking ears. Mine would have too. I, I, I would have jumped out the car like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) And I'm telling dad, I'm like, I, I think I need you to pull over. I'm going to walk. Like, I'll walk the two miles up fucking hill to right, get out of right, this yeah. snake situation. And we find, and I'm just like, Dad, I don't like this. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. I want to get the fuck out. And we finally get in. He gets out of his side. I get out of his side. I let the dog out. And then we're all just sort of sitting in the kitchen. I tell, I'm like, Dad, so we're just going to live here now, right? We're not getting back in that fucking car. We're just going to live up here, eat our food, and then run out of food and then die, right? That's just what's going to happen. <laughs> and he's like, no, go get the snake. And I'm like, uh, excuse me? No. <laughs> no. No, and, no, no. And he's like, oh, go get the snake. We need to, I was like, the whole point of this was because we had like, 
gar- like like voles and gophers fucking up our garden. So dad's like, here, throw a snake in the garden. It'll it'll take care of all that. And so <sighs> I I I don't know if you know this, CJ, but snakes don't like being put back in plastic bags. So <laughs> I'm trying to like put it in a fucking really? plastic bag. Yeah, no shit. And it's just not going in. Its head is in the bag, right? Which but is, which is a, yeah, at least the, the dangerous part is kind of, yeah. Bear in mind, this was not a rattlesnake or anything. This was a fucking gopher snake or a garter snake. It was Those just, you small. know, it's a farm. Yeah, right? It's big, big, and it was it was probably a gopher snake. It was, but it okay. wasn't venomous. But it was like, if it bites you, it'll hurt, but it yeah. won't kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, I'm like, I'm trying for like 20 minutes to try and get this fucking snake in. I shit you not. I'm just like, because it's slithering under the seats, and I'm going in the back seat trying to corner it. And I finally just like got its head in the bag and I just could not slip it. So I just closed my eyes. I, I put my hand near the tail, closed my eyes, grabbed it and fucking flung it out. It just as, I was just like, whatever happens, fuck it. I just flung the <laughs> fucking snake. And I go back and I was like, did you get the snake? And I was like, ah, somewhere. It's out there somewhere. It's pissed off. I fucking flung a snake. I don't know if it's alive. But it ain't in the car no more. It, it, it's somewhere, motherfucker. <laughs> so I was telling uh, stories like that. Um, so-and-so, the so-and-so I was talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. is very, 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 very tall. So he went up to go give a speech at the microphone. And it was the funniest thing. Like, the microphone was for my my level. Sure. He He, like, hunched down to speak and then, like, the other guy who was the tech guy, a friend of ours, Shark, he goes over and like, here, let me help you. And like raises the microphone all the way up so that this guy can speak and give sure. a little blurb. So then I went back and this fucking microphone is like seven feet tall. And I just look at it and I'm aware the audience is looking at me. And I said, well, this shit's awkward. <laughs> and everybody just fucking lost their shit and brought it back down to me. And I said, oh, you... You guys laugh, but this has been the bane of my existence since I was born. Like, yeah, all you, I hate all of you people with height. <laughs> so, um, I'll get to my speech. Uh, but we, it was overall a great time, all things I, considered. I got, I gotta say, Rico, this, I mean, I remember the story of Nancy's, and and and, and listen, uh, far be it for me to tell anyone how to mourn, right? That's not. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm doing, but I believe that when you get to the point of the memorial, especially the portion, like, you guys obviously didn't have the the more, like, traditional thing, right? So, like, you know, for me, being raised Catholic, you have the mass, and you do the thing at the cemetery, and that whole thing. And that, to me, is the part where it's supposed to be sad. Right. Right. But in right. my opinion, once you've crossed that line to the to the to the after party type thing or or if you're doing just a pure memorial like you guys did for Ron. Sure. That to me is where it's supposed to become cathartic. Or, or, and and I, I dare say fun. Like, that's where you're supposed mm-hmm. to start sharing stories like the snake and the PB&J right. and, and, and remembering those moments and having laughs. And sure, you might share some tears, but as a whole, it's it, for me, the, that moment is now about enjoying that person's life and enjoying your memories of that person, you know? So yeah. I, I, I feel like this one... 
from having observed both from such a far distance was much more healthy for you. I feel like, oh, yeah. you know, and there were some tears from oh, I'm sure. other people, but it was far. It was maybe like one, like 10, no, like 1% really of, of the gathering there. You know, it was a lot of his older friends that like came up to me and gave me a big hug and they were crying. Sure. Um, one, one of dad's friends in particular, when I was ready to like, all right, everybody, we're done with speeches. If you want to come up periodically and say something, that's all good and fun. But now's the time to like celebrate how dad really would have like celebrate, which was all drinks, a bunch yeah, of wine. Yeah, yeah. And, and she came up to me. She's like, can you, are you going to sing? And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to go up and sing. So I sang my way because of course it would be fucking my way for sure, dad. Sure. <clears throat> um, and she got she got very emotional for that because the lyrics of my way are very Ron, you know. Oh yeah, and he, and, yeah. And he specifically yeah. requested I do that. He's like, when I die, I want you to sing, "If I Were a Rich Man" or "My Way." And I'm like, well, I'll do my way because I'm not fucking doing you. On the you roof. could do it heavily though. I mean, not if, I, 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 I could, I, but I, I I wasn't going to. No, I'm just saying um, you you could have done it though. It would it would have worked. You would have pulled it off. Yeah, well, the the party went well into the night at that. I mean, Steph and I left at like midnight, twelve twelve thirty. Yeah, which yeah. is why when I'm done with this recording, I got to bounce over to his house and help him clean up. Um, I even said, I'm like, do you want me to stay and help clean? I was like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll let the raccoons eat the food and we'll fucking figure this out tomorrow. I'm like, oh, OK. All right. Um, so uh, it got at one point, Dave, who was it was his wedding that dad went to. He had lived with us for like four or five years or something like that. Yeah, you mentioned he, that. Yeah. And he had, believe it or not, a lot of like recordings and video footage and uh, voicemails from dad. And he jerry rigged it to like the, a laptop and uh, a fucking loud ass speaker and didn't tell anybody. So all of a sudden the music, the classical music, everybody's drunk and stoned and we're all laughing and having a good time and reminiscing. And then all of a sudden we just hear dad speaking on the loudspeakers. Like, please, please tell me you went, Lord. <laughs> no, I, I legit looked at Alex. I'm like, you hear that shit, right? <laughs> like, I'm not just imagining. And this. I was like, no, I and I, Alex is like, Alex was mid conversation with somebody else. And I'm like, Alex, he's like, what? I'm like, bro, are we in trouble? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, shut the fuck up and listen to our father. Our father, who might be in heaven, I'll be like, fucking name, is fucking talking to us. And I find, I was like, what's going on? I look over and I'm like, oh, okay. Because it was dad being like, yeah, so I need you to listen to this music. I got some great tune, you know, this great Tchaikovsky you should listen. This is like a voicemail. I just, and it was like, dad, like introducing this particular fucking sonnet and then like quiet and then say all right that's enough of that i'll talk to you tomorrow and i was like what a great fucking send-off jesus christ yeah that's pretty pretty awesome um before you get to your speech because i would like to end with your speech i i do mm -hmm. want to say and i just because i feel obligated so i uh, if you'll indulge me a second rico um <laughs> This is to the audience. The last few episodes have been very unpodescue-like. Between uh, Jabo being here, you 
you know, you getting married and, and now obviously this and, and and recapping the wedding and as well. So um, I, I know our fans are great and they don't mind that we we have to go off rail a little bit. But I do want to thank you because we I don't think we've done this many in a row. Right. <laughs> been, it's been, been, it's, been it's been a clusterfuck. It's yeah. been almost like a month of not traditional Potterskew episodes. So I, mm. I, you know, which kind of fits the theme thing that we've been doing. It was not planned, but it works that way. My um, whole thing is like, hey, fuck it. It's our show. It's our schedule. We can do what we want. You know, no, I know, but I still want to be respectful of, of the people yeah. that take their time to listen to us and, and, give, and give us the privilege of bringing them our entertainment each each week. So I just want to take 10 seconds and thank you guys for, for bearing with us. Uh, but next, next, rec- your next episode is going to be getting very back very much so getting back to traditional what you're used to hearing from Potaskew and, and what Correct. we're doing. So, um, but you know, these, these needed to be done too. And I'm not saying that we did something yeah. wrong, but I just wanted to thank them for, for, for sticking with us through this little bit of insanity that we've had to deal with, uh, behind the scenes and, and very publicly. So, yeah. And um, I, 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 I agree. Thank you for all your patience. Most people are not, are, most people are going to be like, all right, when are they doing fucking, you know, filler on the roof? All right, cool. Oh, wait, what's this? Some who gives a fuck about Ron? Who fuck that guy? You know, like, you know, like well, I'll I'll skip this one. I want to I'll go back when they talk about fucking Ghostbusters or some stupid right, shit, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Thor um, Love and Thunder or Thor, whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I I I I wrote this speech and then towards part of it I like try like like there's a first half of this which is just very straightforward and like dad was doing this and dad was doing this periodically just some little jokes and then like towards the second half it was like me trying to like make it more levity and funny so okay <clears throat> and actually there will be if you are if when you guys are listening to this wherever you are as i did this speech in front of a whole audience of let's say a hundred people it was participation at one point so it would mean the world to me if you guys could do it on your end and you'll know exactly when it is ronald DiGiorgio was born in 1938 in newton massachusetts he was admittedly a bit of a hellraiser if it was a thing back then he would have most likely been prescribed ritalin so many stories dad told us usually have some tom sawyer dennis the menace Bart Simpson vibe to them. He told us how he blew up his family's restaurant by creating his own dynamite. He didn't blow it up. He fucking, you know, he blew part of it up. How he rang the bell tower an hour earlier to make people think it was time to get home from work. What I also didn't include, CJ, was that he would take like bottles of water and then wait for a drunk to stumble by and he would dump it, like he would tip it behind them. And they were like, what the fuck rain is this? Like, you know, you just dump water behind them. Um, how he once broke into a mechanic shop with his friend, Johnny Oxtolis, and stole a bunch of tire patches just for the hell of it. He did all this before he was even 20 years old. And that's when he also happened to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses. Dad always had a real issue with being controlled or any form of authority. He loved telling the tale of how he finally became an atheist because it involved German shepherds. He had wandered into a stranger's backyard to drop off a watchtower, 
found some dogs, and instantly was in his version of heaven. He said he witnessed the dogs all of a sudden work together to tear apart a rabbit that had been unlucky enough to wander onto the premises. He denounced a loving God then and there, but his love for shepherds never wavered. He eventually settled down for about two minutes when he got married for the first time and had his first child, Livia, with Angelica. While he was in Italy in 1956, he visited the fatherland, dug through a cemetery, produced a skull of a relative, and smuggled it back into the States. Bit of a strange souvenir, but that was Ron. That's, that is true. Oh, I, 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 listen, there are, I, I was trying not to interrupt this speech at all, but since you said that, I, you, <laughs> I don't think there's any story about Ron or involving Ron that you could tell me that I would not believe just because, right. first off, I don't think you would lie, but more importantly, right. that's just the strange shit that motherfucker it's, did like it's, and and it would had to have been in 56 because that would not have flown that would not have been a thing it wouldn't have flown do. for sure no yeah. it <laughs> and and that skull is like at the land and it says like he someone wrote in like ink or something memories on the skull and like it was just like it was like he was fucking hamlet or some shit all right after he came home from tearing apart italy he got married to Marcy, his second wife. Joel and Alex were born in 1981, and now Dad had to deal with two smaller versions of himself. Justice. He eventually found another passion of his up in northern Sonoma County. It was always affectionately called The Land. Since the late 60s, Ron cultivated a paradise in the middle of nowhere. We all frequently spent weekends up there, sometimes whether we liked it or not. After there was a fire in 1978 that wiped out Ron's original barn, he planted an entire forest to make up for it, with Alex and Joel helping. Dad loved showing off the land, but also keeping it sacred. He viewed it as his own paradise, where he could gaze at the stars, not be bothered with the city drama. That all went out the window when Joel and Alex wanted to throw giant parties up there. Dad loved every second of it. He had his rules, but he allowed his children to have their freedoms and fun. Dad enjoyed being the host of a paradise, and he gladly relished having a ton of teenagers do a bunch of yard work for him in return. And they were all there. And I said, I see you all here right now. <laughs> uh, Ron loved to cook, stemming all the way back to working in his father's kitchens in Seattle and then Santa Cruz. Over time, he and Marcy and his father took ownership of the Baltic in Point Richmond. After a while, he and Livia started the first Tibacho in Oakland. Gradually, he and my mother opened a second Tibacho. Rich with a semi-vegetarian menu, ordained with art all over the walls, complete with a two-year-old Rico running amok. Tibacho was yet another family staple that Ron had brought up from the ground up, with help, of course. Even though Tibaccio was the last restaurant Ron had any direct involvement in after the doors closed in 93, he still continued to cook for family, friends, and total strangers. On more than one occasion, Dad would cook some pasta, eggs, or soup, and ask me to bring it to a homeless person in the park. Dad just wanted to feed people. Unfortunately, towards the end of his life, he was unable to cook as often as he wanted, so frequently I was tutored by Chef Ronnie and learning to cook. I'm proud to say I'm a better cook now because of him, 
but I taught him how to make fried rice. It was a good feeling to teach the teacher for once. Which brings me to the fact that dad, believe it or not, was a teacher. There are some of you out here who might be shocked to learn that Ron helped sculpt some of today's minds. While semi-retired, when I was around nine, he would pick me up from school and then take me back to the school he was subbing. Being the teacher's son, unfortunately, didn't excuse me from having to do my own set of math problems along with the teenage students. Throughout his years of travel and education, Dad amassed a wide vocabulary. This is where you, this is a very subtle joke, CJ. Did you hear it? He was fluent in Italian, semi-fluent in Spanish and English, but extremely proficient at his favorite language, that, of course, being German. Shepherd. For as long as I could remember, Dad frequently howled at his dogs, regardless of where he was or who he was with. I think Dad wished he was a werewolf. Purebred, of course. Now that I've spoken plenty about his children, let's all take a moment together and howl together in perfect, fluent Ron. Dad, unfortunately, can't howl anymore, and he was a loud man. So we all have to fill in as best as we can and hope we can achieve a fraction of what he was capable of. And if you guys are listening, in three, two, one, howl as loud as you can. Three, two, one. All right, you guys did okay. We all will miss him. He was a father and a friend and a teacher. But most of all, and most important, he was true to himself, whatever that may be. The right way and the wrong way. All right, basta finito. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post-credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9pm to midnight-ish, and Saturday from 10pm to midnight-ish, Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and potescue. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode.
Let's get it.